WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages above the age of 18. How do I keep having to tell you, Aaron Cruz? Go to bed. Welcome back to the Wrestle Podcast. It is time to discuss WWE's Royal Rumble 2021. It's been a long time since the pair has been back in a saddle, but Aaron Nix, myself, of course, is joined by Kyle Wilkinson, Canada's own, and he is the perfect guy to have on this podcast today because Canada has ruled the roost once again. Kyle Wilkinson, welcome back to the Wrestle Plug. Ah, it's a pleasure, my friend, as always. And it's the Royal Rumble. How could I not come back for this? It's the best show of the year. It always is. And holy shit, was it another good one? Yeah, they say Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, but ultimately you've got to wait just a little bit longer to get what you really want, and that is, of course, the Royal Rumble. My, in my opinion, the best and most exciting pay-per-view in all of wrestling, period. I don't think anything will ever top it, and by the end of this, I think you might have some sort of agreement, and even if you disagree, you can leave it in the comments below. You can, If you're listening to this on the audio podcast, you can contact us, let us know your thoughts, and we can... Have a look at them later on this week in the State of Wrestling Address as well, where we'll probably touch on the Rumble and the fallout from that as well. But ultimately, this was quite a special night. So let's get into it. Pre-show, women's tag team titles, of course, Charlotte Flair and Asuka dropped the tag team belts back to Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax due to ludicrous interference involving Ric Flair and Lacey Evans. Mm. The loaded right hand, boom, the knuckles. Um, in all fairness, it was on the pre-show. Um and even though you've got three of the best women's workers of the modern age, it felt quite lackluster. Yeah. I mean, every time there's, there's a pair of women's tag team champions, somehow one of them is always a double champion. One of them is always a single. Sometimes, you know, in the case of Sasha Bailey, they were both. And that was pretty cool at the time. But now that the titles are back on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, A, Shayna Baszler has a title again. It's not a like single title, but gold is gold. But more importantly for me, it frees up Asuka to actually defend the Raw Women's Championship, which she hasn't done in at least two months. She's had it since Money in the Bank, since she won it in the Money in the Bank ladder match because, you know, Becky and her pregnancy and all that. I don't think she's lost it since, if I remember correctly. And now, you know, she's had a, a match with Alexa Bliss, and that ended weirdly with Randy's burn face, which magically healed in six days, by the way. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, about that, mate. And then, and so hopefully at, you know, Fast Lane or Elimination Chamber or Great Balls of Fire, whichever pay-per-view or eight they're doing between now and Mania, because for some reason they always have to do that. Hopefully we'll get an Oscar title defense because she is 
the MVP of the Thunderdome era, as far as I'm concerned. And I know you, you agree. So let's get her doing what she does best. And that's wrestle. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to this. The match was lackluster. Um, as much as I don't hate Nia Jax, I'm coming around to the fact that she's just not that compelling a worker at this point. Um, I said to you, and I mentioned it in the Rumble as well, one of my biggest problems with Nia Jax is the fact that she doesn't really know what style to work. She'll spend like five minutes being completely unstoppable, running everybody over, and then all of a sudden she'll be like, oh, um, you hit me with a super kick and I need to take a big bump. You know, like, Either you're a monster or you're not. Pick one, stick with it. I don't know if that's down to booking. I don't know if because you're a bigger girl, obviously, being sort of the heavy set power worker of the gang, maybe you feel that you need to kind of, you know, help the other people get their shit in more. Ultimately, I'm a big worker, for instance. I'm 350 plus pounds. I'm six foot four. Um, whenever I'm at wrestling training winner or I've worked matches, ultimately, we've tried to kind of make it look semi responsible. I'm not saying, obviously, I'm a better worker than I, Jax, in any means, because ultimately, who the fuck am I in comparison? But yeah, I, I just like to see a little bit more continuity. Here I am again. Continuity, continuity. And logic <laughs> in the wrestling universe, not in real life. Because whenever you say logic, people are like, yeah, well, Undertaker shoots lightning. Yeah, but that's logical to his character. You know, it's, it's down to the logic within the universe. Ultimately, Spock is all about being logical in Star Trek. But you're not going to see a Vulcan pop into your local fucking co-op or your target, are you? You know, so, you know, it's logic within where it means to be. Um, moving on, WWE Championship is curtain jerking the show. <laughs> Usually so spot random. reserved for the, for the uh, big gold belt from back in the day. Remember, the World Heavyweight Championship yes. was always yeah. the opener. Yeah. Always. It's gone from the belt being important to the egos of who controls them being important. Um, you know, I feel like both heavyweight titles have good importance, but I definitely feel like the Universal title was getting a lot more effort and a lot more work put towards it, uh, especially in terms of characters as well. Not Drew's fault, it's the people around him. And it's ultimately the people who are in charge because the Universal title is on Fox as well, which is their biggest money draw. That's their highest rated program. So, of course, all the resources and energy and money are going to go towards that. I get that. Maybe it would have been better to put the WWE title on there then if it's that bloody important. <laughs> um, but Drew McIntyre defends against Goldberg. We all held our breath. Uh, I didn't. I actually genuinely believed that WWE was going to have Drew McIntyre go over, and that's exactly what they did. This was exactly as well what I called it. Um, it was going to be three or four minutes of Spears, L1 Parade, just like playing SmackDown Shut Your Mouth back in the day, and then ultimately Drew McIntyre will come out on top with another cheeky Claymore, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't great. Goldberg looked gassed after 10 seconds. He was in great shape for his age. I have to give him credit where it's due. He didn't headbutt a fucking door or a locker or whatever and give himself a concussion, which always helps too. <laughs> um, it was by no means Goldberg's worst match in his recent run of terrible return matches, especially the ones in Saudi Arabia. The one with The Undertaker stands out a lot. Oh, that was Ooh. bad, but... Yeah. I honestly don't have much to say about this match. What do you do? You know, Goldberg comes out and he does the job. And ultimately, I didn't want to see Goldberg on the TV in the first place. So that's a letdown. But we got him anyway. He probably drew in some casual fans, especially some of the old WCW fans who maybe don't pay attention as much. And when it comes down to it, he did go out there and lay down and take a kick in from the champion. What was the whole thing, really? It was a shit storyline, wasn't it? Oh, you don't have respect. Well, he does now because Goldberg shook his hand and made him look like the bigger man at the end of the match. Goldberg did his job. That's all you can ask of him in that position. And Goldberg's not going to turn down a payday. It's not Goldberg's fault that somebody knocked on his door and said, hey, do you want half a million to wrestle Drew McIntyre? Of course he fucking does. 
<laughs> of course you're going to come back and take that. Mate, if I'm 80 years old and Royal Mail rings me out and goes, yo, we'll give you triple pay to come back and work in the office for a few days. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> money is money at the end of the day. We all got bills to pay no matter how poor or rich we are. So, eh, thought it was a... Uh, I mean, if I was giving it a gender rating, which of course is what we use because we're more sophisticated than Dave Meltzer, I'd probably give it two out of five. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was what it was. I think, I mean, I believe Drew would win, but like still some part yeah. of me was like, they're, they're going to do it, aren't they? But, you know, they didn't. And it, it was what it was. Like Goldberg looked gassed just coming out after inhaling his pyro. He's like, oh, I put too much pyro in my lungs. I can't do this anymore. Asthma. <laughs> but, yeah, it, like I said, it was what it was. Finisher galore, spear through a barricade, a good-looking jackhammer, a couple claymores, pinfall, handshake. Next. Move, moving on. Yeah. yeah. Like there's, there's not a lot to say <coughs> because me. there's nothing to break down. No, there's no intricacies. There's no storytelling. It's just finisher, 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 pin. Look at the transitions. Yeah, Daniel Bryan probably thought, well, you've made my life very easy. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, Uh, Sasha Banks defends her women's championship, her SmackDown women's championship, once again against Carmella. Uh, Reginald was at ringside, although was unfortunately ejected because he's a penis, although a rather amusing one, it has to be said. Uh, Once again, Carmella shows up gives herself a bit more of an edge, shows that she's a more serious contender. She used to be that entrance, by the way. Um, oh, I mean, um, saucy. And also Sasha Banks. <laughs> but uh, all cretinous things aside, I actually really, really, really enjoyed this for what it was. It obviously isn't going to stand out because of the three major matches we got that were following that. But I felt that it did an admirable job. It made the SmackDown Women's Championship look important. And once again, Sasha Banks proves that she is by far and away one of the best wrestlers of the modern era. She's your 2020 year-end awards wrestler of the year, which, by the way, you can also check out. That's on YouTube. It's also on all our audio platforms. So... If you haven't yet subscribed to WrestlePlug's audio podcast, you can do so wherever you get your podcasts. We gave out our awards. Carl, you gave Sasha Banks your Women's Wrestler of the Year, and there's no reason to see why she may not necessarily... uh, She may end up, should I say, with that award uh, when it comes to it down the line uh, later at the end of this year slash at the beginning of 2022 because she just keeps going doesn't she amazing good stuff yeah this is a hell of a start we talked about this uh, i think might have been during the show or at some point but a main eventer is proven how good they are by how they elevate the other person and carmella has come leaps and bounds since this rivalry with sasha i've never thought she was awful like she's been she's been passable like what do i know i don't i can't take a fucking bump you chop me i'm gonna cry i don't know but just like compare Oh, I'm looking forward to it. But just looking at where she was and like, you know, her NXT days with Enzo and Cass, like she was okay. But looking to where she is now, you know, she's having incredible matches with Sasha Banks, who is top three female workers in the company, probably top five overall men or women. And she's having incredible back and forth matches. I mean, it's fantastic. This new character for her, it's kind of like the Emelita thing. I think they're trying to lean on. Yeah, it is a little bit. It almost feels like they thought, can we use that with you? Because, and it works for her, actually. You know, it does. It works because she's quite glamorous and she's always, do you know what I like about Carmella? The consistency of character. She's always said, I'm a diva. I'm proud that I'm a diva. I'm proud that I'm not a women's wrestler. You know, I'm more than that. I'm glamorous, darling. Um, although, speaking of glamour, it was Sasha Banks wearing Louis Vuitton 
wrestling gear. <laughs> that must have cost quite a pretty penny. I wouldn't have a fucking clue, but luckily Cameron Anderson was on hand to let me know, obviously being the fashionista that he is in the wrestling world. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely fuckboy material. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, I, I liked it. I did. I enjoyed it. Good wrestling. And it's nice to see that these women can really muck in and get physical. They ain't just pretty faces. Let me tell you, these women can whip some ass. And they did. They really whipped some ass. Sasha Banks is physical. Carmella's uh, code of silence or whatever she's calling it now, her submission finisher, is actually, for me, one of the best it looking and most effective yeah. submissions in the game. It looks like it can legitimately choke you out. And it's basically an inverted triangle choke of sorts um, with more leverage, obviously, on the legs. And it, it works well. I, I really like this. Uh, hopefully, Carmella isn't going to fade into, you know, obscurity too quickly. And they've got other stuff lined up for her because, you know, she's really proven herself to be quite a commodity on the SmackDown brand. Um, and the great thing about it was that was a really nice entree to more women's interaction. The Women's Royal Rumble is up next. Um, let's get right to it. Bianca Belair wins the Women's Royal Rumble. I know everybody's super excited. Yes, it is a fantastic day for black excellence, as it should be. Um, I, for one, believe that she won it on merit, not because she was black. Uh, although, ultimately, uh, it is fantastic that she is black as well. And I never, ever will not recognize how important that is to the black community. Um, I thought it was great. I thought this, oh, I thought this Rumble was brilliant. I will say that as much as I have loved every single woman's rumble, I do feel, especially last year, that the men's has kind of overshadowed it quite a bit. And ultimately, a lot of that comes down to just booking, maybe star power, maybe using a lot of the retro people. Like We saw a few of them again in this rumble. But there's kind of a blueprint for a good rumble. You want some good in-ring wrestling. You want some good storytelling. You want some reunions, some angles. You want some returns. And ultimately, you want good star power, especially at the back end. And you want somebody who's going to win it and help elevate themselves a lot of times. Not always. Sometimes it's good to have a legend win. And we're going to talk about that. <laughs> but, you know, this was a really good opportunity to elevate somebody. And they've done a good job of building Bianca Belair from last year's rumble all the way through. And I've heard all, but I get it. I get it. I'd be impatient too. I'm still waiting on my Middle Eastern representative, my mixed race champion for Aria Davari and Mr. Ferrari would have broken some sort of glass ceiling by now. Obviously not the case and not the time, uh, especially for me coming from a Muslim background. I'm not personally a Muslim, but most of my family is and obviously Middle Eastern. So, you know, it is a difficult kind of process. Uh, but I think that Bianca Belair, they have done everything with her right. And they've given her an opportunity to breathe and to grow properly. And here she is as the Women's Royal Rumble winner. Obviously, you're pleased about Bianca Belair winning. I don't think anyone could dislike it, so to speak. Um, but for me, I think this is the best Women's Rumble I've seen since they've started doing them. I really do. Um, I think it's hard to argue. Just looking at the final three, we yeah. had Bianca Belair, you had Rhea Ripley, you had Charlotte Flair. You have the established legend in Charlotte because she is going to be hands down first ballot hall of famer if people care about that but she's been the backbone of the women's division since probably 2016 about a year after her call-up when she could establish herself on the main roster and everything and then you have the two the two youngsters the two that have been incredible in nxt rhea ripley's star it definitely fell after her loss to charlotte i don't think anyone can dispute that and they've done a really good job especially in the last month two months kind of reestablishing that she is 
a monster. Those matches she had with Raquel Gonzalez speak for themselves. And then you have Bianca Belair who got called up. She had, she eliminated eight women in the rumble last year and she was doing incredible things down there. And she got called up to SmackDown. She got that pinfall over Bailey last week, that weird obstacle course with Otis on her shoulders. Cause that's fun. Why not? <laughs> got to use Otis somehow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And, and you have this homegrown WWE talent. Cause I'm not sure how much Bianca did in Indies, if any, or she was a direct from the performance center to now, you know, winning the women's Royal rumble and going on to WrestleMania. That is an incredible story. Her emotion at the end, like when Kayla was trying to ask her questions, like you could tell how much it meant to her. And then that just hit home right here. What's left of my cold dead heart. Like it was fantastic. I don't think there was another choice. If it would, if there was, it would have been Rhea Ripley. But those were the final two, and the little match within a match. I really, I really like that, especially with those two. And I'm hoping they're gonna have definitely have some more interactions. You know, whenever Rhea gets the full call up, maybe Bianca wins at Mania. Who knows? There's there's so much to unpack here, and I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, it was a great rumble as well. It was entertaining. We had some great spots. Billy Kay was fantastic as the comedic relief. Um, you know, she spent a lot of time on comms, kind of like, oh, you know, she's still trying to ship out her CV, so to speak. They reference the fact that she's been kind of chummy chummy with the right squad, although they're really reluctant to have her. And then Jillian comes back and you're thinking, wow, like, <laughs> and I'm sure people are having a moan, but at least it's actually a woman and not, you know, Santina Morello, which was frankly just distasteful. Um, you know, even when I find find it distasteful, there's something wrong because <laughs> I love a bit of distaste. Me, um, I just, I just loved it. I love the way it was. But Billy Kay was funny. Obviously, we coined the term, didn't we? Jilly Kay, the tag team of Jilly and the Billy Kay. Let's see that on Raw. Come on, give me what I want. Um, good use of people. I thought Lana actually, she's terrible as a wrestler. I'm sorry, she is. But from a storyteller perspective, actually, she did a reasonable job. The way she was crying, the fact that, you know, Natalia, the boat who came out of number 30. Uh, Christ almighty. Bit underwhelming. The, the, the small piece of Canadian pride I didn't have was for Natalia. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd think, and by the way, people who are shitting on me and saying, like, how dare you fucking speak other than Natalia? I am literally the world's biggest Bret Hart mark. He is the reason I'm still alive. He's the reason that I love wrestling. So you would think me more than anyone else. And I remember when she first died, I was vehemently behind her because she's art, you know? And I just, I'm sorry, but she just doesn't live up to any of the legacy, in my opinion. So uh, still a great in-ring performer, though. But there was great storytelling going on all around this. We had some fun little returns as well. Victoria coming back, looking in great shape. Mickey James is still in amazing shape and still smoking hot. Well done, Mr. Aldis. Well done. Um... It was good. Even Tori Wilson having a little turn, you know, it's just, it's all right. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? You know, you try not to take it too seriously. That's what I try. I, to do, especially I do recall, uh, I popped, I, as soon as I saw Victoria, I'm like, I need a widow's peak. I need it. And I got one. Got your Man, widow, it still looked as and which was a bit ever. I wanted my Molly Holly return, but there's still time. And she's been in Royal Rumbles before, so can't complain too much. And she's still oh, she's so lovely. She's like the coolest, loveliest person on earth. Like, if there's a saint in wrestling, it's Molly Holly. Um, so, yeah, no, I loved it. It was good. Bianca Belair, like you say, and I'll tell you what, right? People shit on Charlotte Flair all the time. She did what was right. And she did the perfect... I'll tell you what, 
she can get out of her own way, unlike some talents like John Cena, etc. You know, John Cena would always find an excuse and always be like, you know, oh, well, I'll move out of the way when I think somebody's deserving of it. Just do what you're fucking told. You're not bigger than a company. Charlotte Flair went out there. She looked like the star that she is, but she also got over the talents. And also, this is great continuous storytelling, like you say. Finishing it with Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte Flair, the three women who were going after each other around WrestleMania last year. Hard to believe, isn't it? That Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair were going after each other just a year ago, you know, for the NXT Women's Championship. And here they are a year later, finishing out the Royal Rumble. You know, coming down to these final three, Charlotte Flair getting eliminated by them both, really, who kind of ganged up. That's great storytelling because both of them felt like Charlotte Flair had no right to step on their territory at NXT. Charlotte Flair dethrones Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania last year for the NXT Championship. Then, you know, puts over Io Shirai. Do you know what? Everything that Charlotte Flair has done for about a year now, you know, despite this big gap, obviously, through injury, now she's even putting over Lacey Evans in this hot garbage of an angle. What, what more do you want? At least she's putting people over. She's not overrated at all. If anything, she's underappreciated. I'm sorry, she is. And Rhea Ripley looked like a megastar. I told you, you now during the match, when her entrance, and they had the 8K cam, which I finally have the chance to say on this podcast, those 8K cameras are sex. Oh, they make the product look noir. Even if Kevin Dunn is adamant, he's going to try and ruin it. Uh, there is a special place in hell for your editing. And by the way, the amount of things he missed on camera edits were fucking embarrassing. Actually embarrassing. Like, really unprofessional at times. Made AEW's cam work look like fucking, you know, the Chaucer Tales, mate, by comparison. Terrible. Um, but for me, you know, for Rhea Ripley, when she made that entrance, oh, I had goosebumps. She feels like a huge star. She gives me a real warm, fuzzy feeling. Like that feeling that I got when I was young, when the glass would smash. Or if you heard, if you smell, and you thought, oh my God, here comes the fucking big bosses. And that's how I feel when she comes out. She's a megastar and she looks scintillating. I, I'd love to see her go full Joker as well. I told you, you know, that makeup and that evil looking grin. She's got everything. She could be a heel. She could be a face. She could be a powerhouse. She could be a hoss. She could be a great technical wrestler. She could be Smash Mouth, a punk rock guys. Everything. The world is at her feet. Exciting times for Rhea Ripley. Um, but Bianca Belair, this is her moment and she deserves to enjoy it. And like you say, seeing her well up at the end and also crying and mentioning Montez Ford, her husband, which was lovely as well, because there's a guy who is nothing but supportive. I love how he started referencing himself as Bianca Belair's husband on Twitter as well. There's a guy who's very comfortable and very secure in his masculinity. I love that guy so much. It's about time I started pushing him to the moon as well. There's some black excellence I'd like to see as well. He is fucking fantastic. Love the Street Profits. Um, it was great. It really was. Uh, and you'd think after a match like that, you need to come down, but they wanted to really hammer it home because the Universal title is up next. Last man standing, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Oh, oh, best wrestler oh. from Canada in the world right now, sir. Oh, suit you, sir. Little bit of Roman Reigns as a heel. Oh, suit you. Oh, lovely, sir. Oh, Swanton off a forklift. Oh, suit you, sir. This was saucy. I love these two. These two are the best rivalry I've seen in, in ages. I'm trying to think. I think this is my favorite rivalry since, in WWE at least, since Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, when they were just battering each other. So it's like I mean, that was four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Um, obviously, in NXT, there's been some doozies. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Oh, very nice. But, you know, on the main roster at least, this has been fantastic. And oh, this was fucking great. 
aside from, of course, the finish, which we both probably agree is quite anticlimactic due to a slight botch and then also storytelling-wise, I didn't think it fitted well. It was kind of abrupt, wasn't it? It was almost like you've got this beautiful, fluid storytelling and then all of a sudden they rushed the last two pages of the book. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. kind of how it felt. Um, you know, there's probably a joke in there about Harry Potter or something, I don't know, uh, or the Game of Thrones. But ultimately, uh, it's still amazing. Four and a half stars for me. Four and a half genders. Uh, four genders on a Bollywood boy, as we like to say. <laughs> um, it's not racist. It's just fun. Chill out. And ultimately, I just... By the way, Jinder Mahal, greatest wrestler of all time. Can't believe he wasn't in a rumble. What the hell was that? Shameful. I've just realized that. Why wasn't Jinder Mahal in a men's rumble? We're going to have words, oh. Vince. We're going to have words. So, yeah. Still, there's plenty of time. Elimination Chamber. Jinder Mahal went in Elimination Chamber. Yes, please, sir. Very nice. Um, but anyway, getting off track here. Tangents as we do at WrestleClub. I thought this was great. I really did. And I'm, I'm running out of superlatives to describe how good Kevin Owens is. I truly believe he is one of the best wrestlers in the world, period. I really do. I mean, he, excuse me, he's bringing the best out of Roman Reigns. He's elevating every step of the way. Which is incredible because Roman Reigns is the universal champion. He's supposed to be the big doll, the head of the table, the tribal chief, the reigning, defending, whatever the fuck. Paul Heyman says, because at this point, I don't care about Paul Heyman that much anymore, which really hurts because he just repeats himself. It's just boring. But Kevin Owens is making Roman the star that WWE wanted us to believe he was in 2015 when he, you know, when he won the Rumble. He is now to a point where us as fans can't deny the fact that Roman Reigns is the guy. And honestly, I'm not going to discount Jey Uso. He did some incredible stuff there. But I think it's the stuff with Kevin Owens that has just brought him up to that other level. Like you already, you already called it out. That's fucking Swanton off the forklift. Fantastic. The fucking golf cart, which I popped so hard for. God, that was so good. That scared the shit out of me, to be completely honest. IW did it first. <laughs> um, WWE did it first in 2001. Fucking marks. Right. There's like probably footage from like mid south of like 1950 of Bobo Brazil using the golf cart or something like Jesus Christ. And by the way, all the greatest art is imitated and then improved upon. (sighs) Next thing we're saying, yeah, Kevin Owens is good, but he's not the first Canadian. (laughs) Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So if you do something that you saw someone else do is because you go, man, that was really fucking cool. I think I should give that a try or, you know, put my own little spin on it. And yeah, that's or in Kevin Owens happened. and Roman Reigns case, it was a case of we're actually huge stars. Why don't we do it much better? So, And I'm pretty sure Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns have a life. I'm pretty sure they haven't gone, hey, should we rip off that golf cart gimmick? <laughs> no, absolutely not ridiculous like, i by the way i love that and by the way people saying sammy guevara did it better he didn't come on kevin owens jumped into the golf cart and took it full on into the plexiglass sammy guevara left his head in bit went eh, trick or treat and i'm not taking anything away from sammy guevara he's more, probably my favorite restaurant aw i love that kid so much he's amazing even if teabag really is upset at him but ultimately <laughs> you know i don't care fuck off aw so anyway you're still watching it it's the royal rumble in it just cry about it somewhere else for christ's sake honestly 
just just enjoy it. If you're like, if you really hate WWE that much, why are you watching in the first place? Are you watching it just so you can find things to nitpick? Like that ultimately speaks to your neuroses a lot more than it does anything else. I love yeah, this man. A little bit of brain damage. Swanton, mate. That's going to put Jeff Hardy out of business. Now, after watching that, I thought, I don't care about Jeff Hardy. And I sure as hell didn't care when he came out in the Rumble. Sorry. I know it's very uncool to say you don't care about Jeff Hardy, but I don't give a shit. If so. <laughs> so, and, and the one thing that you love about Jeff Hardy in it is the Swanton. And Kevin Owens is like, you mind if I just like make your finishing move redundant, buddy? Yeah, cool. <laughs> you can come back as well. Nobody gives a shit. It's brilliant. All the spots were done really well. Uh, Except Reigns. the end. Except yeah. the end, we do ha- yeah. we do have to touch the on watch. that a little bit. Well, yeah, because Kevin Owens decides. Do you know what storytelling again? Consistencies. You know, there has been handcuff issues before. Now, one thing I did notice, who was noticeable by his, by his absence from this match and from the Royal Rumble, which he was supposed to be in, was Jay Uso. So I don't know if he's picked up an injury. Um, he was completely unavoid, which was a surprise. Kevin Owens handcuffs Roman Reigns to the bottom of one of the Titantron kind of stanchions. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, to stop the referee counting to 10, because he can't stand up, Roman Reigns grabs the ref, shoves him into the camera, boom, ref takes a killer bump there. Everything's fine. Then, all of a sudden, we have the key botch. They couldn't get the cuffs off. Why? By the way, where did Paul Heyman get keys for uh, handcuffs? Did he... Did he acquire... Yeah. You know, some... Was he just thinking ahead? Because that would be really convenient. I do feel like we're nitpicking a bit. I don't want people to think that we're just shitting on a match because we're not. We, we love this match. I thought it was a fantastic match. It's an instant classic, but this is why it's not five-star for me. It's because of this. It took an age. And then all of a sudden, as soon as he gets uncuffed, boom, he like grabs that guillotine on, like, quick, 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 go home, go home, go home. And that's why I felt like it was rushed. Kevin Owens passes out. Doesn't meet the 10 count. Roman Reigns retains. Being a nefarious prick which is good because he's supposed to. He's a heel. It's what a heel does. And you know what? He's doing a good job because at the end of it, I was like, you fucking asshole. And I even said to you at the beginning, I know Roman Reigns is going to win. I do. You know, every part of my fire room being wanted Kevin Owens to be universal champion, but I knew Roman Reigns, especially coming into WrestleMania, they're not, they, they love Kevin Owens obviously a lot more now, but they don't trust him to main event Mania. They obviously don't. That's fine. I understand that. Not everybody can main event WrestleMania all the time. That's why only a select few are put in that position because it is truly special. Look at the fucking amount of people who have main evented at WrestleMania. For the most part, other than a couple of very strange duds, it truly is the best of the best of all time. But, you know, I at the end of it, I was like, come on, Kevin! I just wanted him so badly to win. And he didn't. Um, and it was a bit of an anticlimactic finish because uh, they'd done so much to each other and ultimately it was just a shitty guillotine choke that kind of put him out. Um, but it was lovely to see that side of Kevin Owens, that physicality, the way he was talking to him, the ferocity of it. He was genuinely whipping Roman Reigns' ass. At one point, he was beating him like a rented mule in it. He was whooping him all over the place. And you saw Roman Reigns like, please, please, please. He was begging off. That's how good that is. How Don't underestimate how cool that moment is when Roman Reigns is like, please, Kevin, no more. That's a huge deal. Talk about making your opponent feel like a big badass. Nobody else has ever done that for Kevin Owens. That's great. I loved it. It was fantastic. Shame about the lackluster ending, but a great time match. Anything to add before we talk about the main event? No, just... The fact that you're right, like Jey Uso wasn't in the Rumble, he wasn't in present in this match at all. It's concerning in a way because you want to know if he's okay. But at the same time, Roman did it by himself this time. If this is it for Roman and Kevin Owens, this is a perfect way to do it because Roman Reigns did it by himself. Sure, I mean, sure, 
Heyman uncuffed him, whatever. Like he didn't get physically involved. That doesn't really matter. But Kevin Owens was put down by Roman Reigns by himself, man to man. I don't like to say that because I love Kevin Owens so fucking much. But the fact remains, Roman Reigns won this on his own. And now he can move on to face... I mean, I'd still like to see Daniel Bryan. I think they could have some killer matches together if this is, you know, Daniel Bryan's last hurrah for mm. this year or something, because people have been speculating about that. I don't read dirt. She just kind of fucking care. I'm a mark. I'll get sucked in. It's fine. But I think it would still be cool because we all still love Daniel Bryan so much, right? So we would love to see him in that spot, given that opportunity. Yeah, I think I've got a good idea what's next for Danny Bryan, at least at WrestleMania, judging from what the Men's Royal Rumble did. Um, Danny Bryan obviously gave a very impassioned speech, and they actually spent quite a bit of time talking about how this might possibly be his last ever Royal Rumble, um, which is interesting. I hope that's not the case, but at the same time, it's up to Danny Bryan, what he wants to do with his life, not me. <laughs> um, and I just want him to be happy and healthy. Uh, the Men's Rumble was a roller coaster of epic proportions. Now, for the first third, I was a little bit like, eh, and I've got to call out WWE on this. Giving away one and two in the Rumble. What is wrong with you? <laughs> they, you know, I've spoken about it briefly on SmackDown and Raw reviews this week. That pisses me off. How insulting. Like, the one thing wrestling fans want, you know, or at least proper fans, who don't fucking spend all day on stupid little fucking pathetic raggedy ass dirt sheets, is we want to fucking enjoy it and be surprised and have a little surprise, just something to say to us, you know, like... You know, just something to hold on to, organic surprises. And boy, did we get a big one in this. Um, just like we did last year. Almost on a par with it, actually, because it's arguably yeah. in the last two years we've had the two yeah. most emotional returns in some people might argue wrestling history. When you think about what both men have had to go through and everything that their necks and their bodies have suffered through and the fact that they could have died if they continued and for them to come back all this way. You know, until Kane came out... <laughs> who was a surprise in his own right. I was a little bit like, oh, this is all right. Bit of fun. Starts out with Orton and Edge. Orton, of course, gets run off because of a knee injury. Edge is ferocious. Uh, Edge being number one as well. He's, you know, pretty sick. He was originally scheduled to be number two. And then their idea was, Edge isn't waiting. And fair enough. Easy enough for me. Why would he want to wait? He wants to get out of here and whip some ass. <laughs> Um, and ultimately, I've never really got this whole thing of like, oh, you, you know, you went from number two and won it. That's not the same. It's exactly the same. You both have to start from the bell ringing, in it? Like, you know, it's very strange. But Kane comes in. And it's one of those things where I could sit here for an hour and tell you all the great things I saw. But ultimately, one man at the end of this stood tall, and it was Edge. Edge won the Royal Rumble in 2021. You know, Almost what ten years Goosebumps. removed from the last Goosebumps. Time. Just just yeah, remembering yeah. it. It was wild, you know. I mean, you know, we were watching it live and all screaming like five year olds, you know. We've all woken up and alarmed animals and you know, neighbors and everything in the last couple of hours. I'm recording this at six in the morning, which is you know, excuse me if I'm a little bit flagging, I'm still drinking my mojitos. But um, because I'm a fancy boy, isn't it? <laughs> but ultimately I just it just made me feel something. And obviously Edge winning is right there as this magical moment, but also is the fact that Christian returned in the <laughs> role and reunited oh. with his best friend, with his partner, his brother, his family. 
and they hugged and I felt, you know, who's cutting onions up in here? <laughs> like, I was just like, oh my God, that's so fucking powerful and emotional yeah. for people who have, you won't get it if you're 17, 18. Although to be fair, Cam watched it with us, the legend that he is and he was fucking marking out like crazy because he just gets it. Um, I think if you've got a soul, you would have loved that moment. And, you know, watching that ride and being my age, you know, I turned 36 last week and I'm thinking I've watched Edge and Christian their whole careers, you know, all the way from Sexton Hardcastle all the way to here. And to know that, you know, they had their dreams almost taken away from them when they didn't want to give them up. And now they get to relive them again. That's fucking so powerful and so emotional. And I don't think people appreciate how special that is. And this Rumble, it's, you know, there's so many good things from Seth Rollins made his big return, you know, and it looks like he's going to be setting up for a rivalry with Daniel Bryan, cost Daniel Bryan his place in the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, Otis had a nice little, by the way, Otis and his suplexes, man. Oh, boy. oh man. You know what? He might be funny, funny, ha ha Otis, but he can go with it. He's a shooter, mate. He's fantastic. People are going to kick off because Cesaro and Nakamura got dumped out. Boo fucking who? These guys have had multiple opportunities to be, you know, relative stars or do great things. And ultimately, I thought they lent themselves well in the ring for this. Damian Priest from NXT was amazing. What a standout. Um, Carlito coming back looking like a big old... Oh, my fucking God. He was... Yeah, he was like Hilbert Chris. Jim used to come out and go. Huh? He's like he was doing that, but without the pose. Brilliant. Um, he was like Chris Masters, Jack, dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and ultimately he was Chris Masters' tactic partner for such a long time. Who can forget that elimination chamber where they double teamed everybody and ultimately got beaten by John Cena because you know John Cena's got to go over everyone. Hey, but at the end of that, Edge cashed in. We can yeah. never forget that. And it here doesn't we matter are. because Edge exactly. Was, it all comes full circle. Uh, 2006, New Year's Revolution. 2006. Oh, here we are, 15 years later, and Edge has won the Royal Rumble. And I, I, I thought this was booked to perfection. And I'm now trying to think because I thought last year's Royal Rumble was incredible. And ultimately, last year is helped by having a packed full stadium, humongous. There were 40 odd thousand people watching it. This was in the Thunderdome, but it's this was really special. I thought this was really special. I'm stunned that people are complaining. At this point, I just think people just don't want to be happy. They watch it just to be pissed off. They do. They must do. They've got to be miserable all the time. Either that or they're just AEW apologists, which is fine. Whatever. You like what you like. We like what we like. I, I thought this was a masterpiece. I thought this was yeah, back-to-back years where you've had five-star Royal Rumble matches. Man, they are really setting a new bar. I'm actually a little bit worried because next year's probably going to be shit, isn't it? <laughs> How are you supposed <laughs> to follow up that? <laughs> you know, after everything we saw in the booking last year, we were talking about the 2020 year end awards. Not less than a week ago, you were talking about how special the 2020 Rumble was with Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar and Edge returning and all these magical things. And now it's like, yeah. What could you top that with? Well, with this year, we're going to have Edge win it. We got a Christian and Seth Rollins is returning. Damian Priest and NXT stars. You think, oh, God, yes. You know, by the way, in the women's, Dakota Kai came out and just, just yeah. Tony Storm <laughs> came out also. Tony Storm has so many good NXT rest. NXT so good, mate. So fucking good. I didn't get Volta. I didn't get Undisputed Era. I didn't get loads of stuff I wanted, and yet it was still world-class. That speaks volumes about how much great talent they have. But I honestly don't know how you could possibly get better than this. From my perspective, maybe it's because it feels like it's tailor-made for us because we're obviously the world's biggest edgeheads. But, man, I, I, 
I'm genuinely so spellbound by everything I saw. I'm knackered now, but I loved oh, yeah. it. And, you know, I expended so much energy just freaking out and having a good time and chatting with mates. Isn't that what wrestling's supposed to be? We're supposed to all chill out as mates and have a laugh and talk about our favourites and have cheeky little arguments and give each other a load of banner and share and ultimately watch great wrestling and have fun and remind ourselves of why we fell in love with it and feeling like I'm 14 years old again, going around my mates the day after at school, you know, and someone's recorded it off their, you know, granddad Sky Sports or whatever, because obviously back then fucking getting Sky Sports was a big deal, especially my area where we're all so fucking poor. And it was like that again. And I just thought, wow, like, you know, 20, 25 years ago, I would sit there and watch the, you know, the 1998 Royal Rumble. That was on my birthday. And like seeing Austin come out and all these stars, you know, Austin comes down and wrecks everybody. And I just thought, I feel like a kid again, enjoying wrestling the way I'm supposed to. And I'll tell you what, I honestly believe this. I'm not trying to, you know, impart my shit on people, but I have really taken myself away from dirt sheets recently. I don't really read them at all. So if there's a big piece of news, which you'll see on social media, so be it. But I don't care. I'm not interested in rumors. not interested in social media clout or anything. You can contact us at WrestlePlug if you want. But I've really scaled back spending a lot of time on social media. And I love it more. And I have. I've really... And I'll tell you what. I think that's why I've really enjoyed wrestling as a whole in the last couple of months. Working really hard on this YouTube channel as well. And this was a just a beautiful pinnacle of all of that. I felt like a happy kid again watching wrestling. And I felt like there were enough huge stars and modern day stars as well. Cause I marked out like crazy for Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, Otis, um, you know, Daniel Bryan. I even thought Braun had a decent turn in this rumble. I honestly thought he was going to win, <laughs> but he, you know, he kind of sort of, you know, well, thankfully for Kyle, at least he didn't, but it, it just reminded me what it was like to watch all these huge megastars. And I'm kind of happy that there's going to be some sort of fan base at WrestleMania. It's not going to be full, obviously. They're going to do a kind of like, uh, I don't know if you've been watching sporting events, kind of COVID-aware seating mm-hmm. and things like that. But you're going to have some noise. And you know that wrestling fans are going to be chomping at a bit to get in there and make some fucking noise and have a good time. And it's going to be in a big stadium. So you're still going to have 10, 15,000, maybe more in there, you know, it may only be the same amount that you get in, say, a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown, but believe me, it'll sound like tenfold now because we're so used to this kind of fake, you know, partition noise. This is a yeah. really good time again to be a wrestling fan. Every time you feel that you've had enough of wrestling, the Royal Rumble brings you right back in. And I think seasonal depression is a thing in wrestling. I'll leave you with this point before I let Carl talk. I think that, and I used to do this all the time at work. I used to share a van with a guy called Steve, really nice lad. And he liked wrestling and he watched wrestling all the time. We'd always talk about it. And he would watch it all the way through. And I would kind of always stop just before Survivor Series. And there'd be that two or three month period. I was like, oh, fuck off. I want to watch TLC and all this bollocks and whatever. And then Royal Rumble would come around. I'm like, well, I've got to watch Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble's amazing. You've got to see the Rumble, ain't you? Like, that's the best pay per view of the year. And then all of a sudden, it's like three or four months of hype. Oh my God, WrestleMania's coming up. What are they going to do? How are they going to get to WrestleMania? They drag you in so well because truly, seasonal depression, I think, exists in WWE as well. I really do. But you know what? You can say what you like about January. It holds my birthday and it holds the Royal Rumble. I love this month. And the end of this month is truly a real shift for a lot of people spiritually. And I think it is from a wrestling standpoint as well. So. I thought this was a magical, magical, magical pay-per-view. I loved every second of it, and it was made tenfold better for being able to watch it with people that I care about and have a good time and have a laugh and take the piss. It's great. That's what we really need 
on the back end of a horrible, horrible year that was 2020. That's just it, man. Like I, you guys know, cause I haven't been around too much. I just, I can put dirty stop out. <laughs> I completely tuned out of wrestling. Like I just, I couldn't get into it. Like I was having, I got laid off. So I was having a lot of, you know, mental struggles, just like everyone does. But you know what? The last, I, I didn't watch, you know, the go home raw or SmackDown before the rumble, but I'm like, you know what? It's the fucking Royal rumble. Like you watch it. So we were at an Xbox live party. We were playing some games, just talking for like four hours beforehand. And then it came on. I kind of had the pre-show on in the background because honestly, who gives a fuck about the pre-show? But then, you know, the event itself 24/7 champion. <laughs> the event itself started. Then, you know, the Rumble matches, the women's came first. I'm like, oh shit, like we got some stuff going on. Then that incredible universal title match. And then just the men's Royal Rumble. Edge going coast to coast. Edge started first and won. And WWE's record books, only one person's ever done that before. <laughs> Yuck. Shawn Michaels in 95. But, you know, there, there's the... Uh, there's Redacted. Yeah, that. that. You, if you guys are wrestling fans, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I remember popping huge for that because at the time I was a big fan. I just can't believe that the 2004 Rumble saw Big Show eliminate himself at the end. Very he just he just threw himself out. I don't understand those memes where they've actually photoshopped Black him. Yeah, <laughs> just, he's just like, hey. like you know, Big Show eliminates himself for the 2004 Royal. Like someone's got a good sense of humor. I appreciate that. Nobody won the 2004 Royal Rumble. Have to splice that in now. Great. <laughs> it was a singles match between Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Oh yeah, uh, look over there. It's Triple H and Shawn Michaels of WrestleMania. <laughs> Good but stuff. the the Royal Rumble was incredible. I got to sit there and watch it. There were most at one point there was eight of us in the party, I think, yeah. and it was just so good to just sit there and talk and get back into it. And now I am pumped to watch Raw tomorrow, and I haven't watched a Raw in like four months. I'm excited to watch potentially watch SmackDown, depending on you know plans and shit. But I'm back in on the wrestling train. I'm going to be I'm going to be watching as much as I can of WWE specifically from now until wrestlemania because it's fucking wrestlemania season and it starts at the highest point with the royal rumble and we got that i got to sit there with uh, some guys i consider my brothers and i've never even met them in person and we had a fucking damn good time and i i cried edge and christian hugged and i cried i don't even care like it wasn't like a, uh, uh, uh. it's just like you know those two that yeah. just come right down here because it was such a beautiful moment because these two men have had so much taken from them. And then it just made eventing WrestleMania after throwing out Orton, who we all forgot was still in the match. Yeah. And then what? That's it. We got work. Nice being worked. It's oh my God. Works as a wrestling fan. I hate these wrestling fans who spend all day and say, mm, fucking called it. Like, don't get me wrong. It's cool when you call a surprise. You know, I, you know, I had Dominic, for instance, making his debut in this. Those aren't really called it. I mean, we all thought he was going to be in it anyway. Yeah. I don't think he was even declared for it, whatever. But, you know, it's good to be worked. It's good to be a mark. It, just enjoy it. Why do you need to spend all this time on social media gas bagging around and, oh, really? Are you really going to get that much clout because a few people retweeted you because you called it? It's not going to mean jack shit when you hit the grave, is it? Just fucking have a bit of fun. My lord. People need to know everything before they see it, and I don't get it. I really don't. What was wrong with having a surprise? (laughs) 
it's like you know it's just nobody wants to have any fun anymore it's the big shame of wrestling really people have forgotten how to have fun while watching it and they're still fun to be had and the Royal Rumble brings you back into it every year and it's lovely to hear that you're excited about it as well um, any final thoughts mate before we wrap it up no I just gotta echo the sentiments it, it was fun to be surprised it was fun to be worked it was fun to remember a time before Twitter before you know that kayfabe was completely shattered and means absolute jack shit and it was just it was fun and that's what wrestling is it's supposed to be an escape from reality you know they have those covid vaccines rolling out you know who knows how long it's going to take before regular people like you and me get them i mean sure i'm diabetic maybe i'll get it first but i don't care like if you know whatever i'll get it when i get it everyone will i think covid will eventually be You'll get it like a flu shot every year. It won't die immediately. You'll just get like a COVID shot every year. Whatever. I can live with that. If I can go see my friends again, if I can buy a ticket and travel across the ocean and have a few pints. Yeah. I'll take a shot every year. I don't fucking care, but I, I want to hang out with my boys. I want to watch some wrestling. I want to take a chop just cause I can. And that that's what wrestling does. It brings people together. And I'm so happy that we watched this tonight, man. It was so good. Yeah, it's it's all, it's kind of like rebirth of being a fan every year at this point. And I remember how happy I was last year watching how much fun. It really is like our annual tradition and more the merrier if people want to get on board every year and join us for the Royal Rumble. And we'll try and do it with every pay-per-viewer. You know, and obviously, I think the positive buzz from it always carries me through because I remember Elimination Chamber last year being fantastic and loving it. So I was feeling positive. And I think that actually it's quite, you know, I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, everything's positive and all that because I don't believe in that. But... I do genuinely believe that they do their best to uplift you and really make this time of year very special in wrestling. So before we wrap it up, we could get one person sending in their interactions and ultimately probably the sexiest person you could ask for your interactions. We sent them the beautiful Sam Oates has sent in a novella, his Royal Rumble thoughts essay time again. So bear with me while I read these out. I don't know if there was a kickoff words. Don't describe how little I care about that. (laughs) nor do sure we. Say. Which leads me into the Goldberg match. He looks incredible for somebody in their mid fifties. He actually does, to be he, fair. Yeah, he was. And can still go for a hundred seconds, but no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> uh, glad McIntyre won. Could Goldberg please stay retired now? I agree. Um, I may be showing how often I watch wrestling now, but who the fuck is Reginald? And why don't I look that good in a purple suit? Also, showing how often I watch it by the fact Carmella looks right in the ring. She's come on leaps and bounds this past year. She has, yeah. We've Bad been- boy. We have, as you heard us talking about her earlier. Not a patch on Sasha. Yeah, I agree with that. But significantly better than when she was champ. Uh, never in doubt Sasha would win going into Mania, though, was it? Not for me, no. I think no. they finally realized she is the big, big star. Oh, New Day. Even a throwaway segment is made more enjoyable by them. And when did the- Sami Zayn become homeless? He is starting <laughs> to look a bit of a scruffy hobo, isn't he? He looks like an extra from MASH. That's I, I maintain that's what he looks like. Uh, these Rumble vignettes mark me out. I love this pay-per-view. Yeah, they did a really good job, actually, of selling the concept and everything that went with it with these little bits in between. And that's something that, you know, I've said on this podcast. WWE does video editing and, you know, vignettes and stuff like that better than anyone else. I'm sorry, nobody gets close. Not even close. Hey, man, when it's Royal Rumble season, it's all about the numbers. <laughs> exactly. Fucking Michael Cole every year. Like, yeah. I get it, and the sh- it's always a good video package, but it's like, Cole, shut the fuck up. I'm yeah. going to slap you with your noodle nose. 
<laughs> on to the women's rumble there's a lot of incredible wrestlers in there but fuck me charlotte flair is a superstar see this guy gets it he just gets it um you can tell she's just playing better than everybody else in there what the what is the 24 7 championship doing in the women's rumble uh yeah we really marked out actually for um <laughs> rolling up uh our truth because we did kind of think why are the men getting involved get out of the women's rumble why do they need to do it during this but i think it was well balanced by having a woman capture the 24 7 it might be a joke belt but it still means something it's cool i liked it um he said what that what is the 24 7 championship doing in a women's rumble i don't care if there was a title change okay the wrong rumble made me laugh but there should have been the extent of our truth there uh, there should have been the extent of our truth here it doesn't need any other undertones to this rumble. Okay, fair enough. Sorry if I've uh, got that wrong. Um, MVP is Rhea Ripley in this rumble, though. If Charlotte... Sorry, my eyesight's going, mate. I'm so old. <laughs> if Charlotte is a star, then she's an absolute fucking badass. Great showing by Bianca Belair. Can't be too annoyed she won solid rumble apart from the R-Truth bit. That's a shame. I thought it was all right. Um, but I understand why you wouldn't like it. Uh, but that was over with pretty quickly, so it doesn't detract too much. That's a very fair assumption. Yeah. Such a leveled human being, isn't he? We need more people like Sam Oates in this world. I love you, Sam. I love you so much. <laughs> Come back to the podcast. Um, one thing that could have detracted is how the fuck do you put Jerry Lawler as one of the commentators on the Women's Rumble? Absolutely. Oh, I didn't um, even think about that, that pervy <laughs> son of a bitch. That sunburnt prune. I didn't even have the volume on for this, so he may have been okay. I'm doubtful, but we will never know. He wasn't. Uh, yeah, he another was... 24 7 segment happened. That's enough of that, leaving a bad taste in my mouth that I mentioned it. Last man standing matches can't be as horrible as they used to be because that shit was barbaric back in the day, but it is still supposed to be a hard hitting match type. This, not so much. I'm not expecting a Triple H character. Jack Street fight, but this had no brutality. It was a couple of reasonably good spots arranged as a match, but I suppose that's a last man standing match. Who knows? Hand <laughs> Who knew handcuffs were Heyman's kryptonite? Um, and even I know that the golf cart thing was stolen from AEW. Come on, no, it wasn't. Go back and watch WrestleMania 17, Ukraine. What? What? He should know uh... better. He should know better. He's still a young nipper, and he's all young compared to me. Come on. It was all okay, I suppose. Reigns and Owens did well enough. I'm not a last man standing match fan in general, to be honest. Half of it is just watching a referee count to 10 about as well as my son, and he's 16 months old. <laughs> Driving out fast, isn't he? Blimey. Um, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, anybody else find it really weird that they walked past the money in a bank briefcase clearly just sat on a table in that match and nothing came of it ain't that against Chekhov's gun rule that's a good reference <laughs> not many people are going to get it and I'm not explaining it to you google it uh, men's rumble time all these old superstars in this rumble and the women's rumble being 10 plus years older than me and still looking in stupid shape is doing bad things for my self-confidence they look like they're chiseled from marble I look like somebody poured cottage cheese in a welly then foxes fought over it and pissed on the rim <laughs> Christ. come on come on We've stuff like that. You've got to be on this podcast more regularly, sir. Just, I'm sure we can work something out. Um, he's just so good at this shit. He really is. Uh, past legends coming back is always a fun part of the Rumble, but Demon Kane and Carlito, yay? I popped more for Hurricane, and Christian just made me happy, sad. Oh. Uh, OG hey. Demon Kane would have popped me. I feel like he was just here to make Priest look strong and even out his eliminations number. Yeah, that's probably kind of it, actually, to be fair. But he did a good job of that, so I appreciate that. 
Um, it was to be, it was to the benefit of Priest, to be fair. He impressed me most in this rumble out of the people I don't really know. Men's rumble didn't flow as well as the women's, but feel like it was a better rumble, if that makes sense. Uh, the injured superstar coming back at the end of the rumble has been done to death now, though. Uh, moving on to the final bit. Sorry, it's a terrible edit on my behalf. I would want them to continue the Edge at Orton feud, but not 100% sure how they will with Edge main eventing Mania now. Anyway, this was a happy ending, and that is a nice change, because apart from last year, they were on a tear of four or five wank winners. <laughs> this was just wholesome. Uh, overall, not a bad pay-per-view. Not scratch on the Rumble from last year, but even an okay Rumble is better than 90% of other pay-per-views, and this was better than okay. So, yeah, and probably not as overwhelmed as us, but he's a little bit more measured and doesn't live in the moment as much as we do. So, um, but thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate those interactions. Uh, for me, I'm just going to very quick closing thought. I thought this was a fantastic show, as you know. Um, there are a couple of things that disappointed me. I would have liked to have seen certain people get a go. Samoa Joe would have been nice to see in the Rumble. Maybe a few more NXT talents that I love and behold. I was a little bit surprised Rakar Gonzalez didn't get a turn uh, in the Women's Rumble because they've been booking her like crazy on NXT and she's been so good. Uh, really hoping you're going to check in with us for NXT, mate, because that is so good at the moment. They are killing it. Um, but, you know, Jerry Dollar being on the Rumble, fuck off. <laughs> Just got no time for that. Pete Rosenberg winning the 24-7 title was a bit weird. I don't even remember whether how he lost it back to R-Truth for the R-Truth to be able to go out into the arena and then lose it to Alicia Fox. I don't know if they actually addressed that. Maybe I missed the vignette. Someone will probably let me know about that. But all in all, um, those are little nitpicks. I really thought this really hit the spot. And it hit the spot right where it matters most in the heart, where it really is of great value. And I just saw so much sensibility, so much fun, so much continuity, so much logic. It was great. It really was. And nothing was shit. Nothing was shit. You know, and let's be honest, the weakest match was on the pre-show where it belongs. You know, I, I must admit, I raised my eyebrow when I saw the women's tag. I thought, women's tag titles on the pre-show? Asker and Charlotte Flair on the pre-show? What is wrong with you, man? Um, You know, the only thing you can say about it is, real shame for Asuka because the other three women got good turns in the Royal Rumble. Uh, so that's probably a downside. But oh, all in all, great. And the continuity and the continuation of stories. It was a great night. And to see Edge in all his glory and emotion at the end, there's a man who deserves it. I don't give a shit that he's older. I don't give a shit that people are up to, oh, why didn't they give it to someone younger? There's plenty of time to do that. <laughs> this was probably your last chance to really, really make a statement with Edge because he won't be around for that much longer. And we want to really drink it in and take it in. I really hope COVID fucks off soon. So I'm desperate. I've already seen Edge. I'm very lucky. But I'd really love to see Edge and Christian one more time as an adult who can really enjoy it, especially if they come over here for a European tour. That would just be masterful. It really would. So COVID, would you kindly fuck off? You've had your fun. Um, but I love this. I thought it was a great show. Carl Wilkinson, any closing thoughts? No, just got to echo those thoughts, man. I, I loved this show. Yeah, there was a few things you could nitpick. You could obviously see that Oscar and Charlotte were trying their hardest because it was on the pre-show. They clearly knew it didn't matter. And like you said, three of those four women not being Oscar got an incredible stay in, in the Rumble itself. But like I said, we're, those were just nitpicks. It was a great show. It's got me excited to watch wrestling again, which is a miracle at this point exactly that's what the rumble is meant to do it gets you hyped for the next three months four months because i think wrestlemania is about halfway through april now it's like three days before my birthday or something but the fact is perfect perfect birthday present seeing edge become the wwe or universal champion 
oh god, I, I don't think what my heart could take it. But between now and then, I am so excited to watch wrestling again. And I hopefully I can be on here a lot more often to talk about it with you because fuck man, it was so good. Not just watching the show, but talking with you guys again, just essentially watching it with your friends in the best way, the only way we can right now. And it was so fucking good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you've got thoughts, maybe you missed out on the opportunity to send them in. We will be doing a state of wrestling dress at the back end of this week. So fear not if you have a say. Maybe you didn't like it at all. I know a few people didn't like it. Richard Borjak gave us some kind of uh, bitty things. He doesn't like Edge. He hated this. Um, really was disappointed. Hated Goldberg as well. Um, I understand. That's fair enough. I think he enjoyed Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns at least. So at least he found something to enjoy the miserable bastard. Um, but ultimately... If you want to have your say, you can contact us at WrestlePlug. Leave it in the comments below. Like, subscribe, and all that jazz. Don't forget, we're so close to 200 subscribers. I, I'm banging on about it, and you're thinking, oh, it's not going on. But I will be giving away some free shit, you know? And I want more people to join, not because, you know, do I want, you know, YouTube fucking revenue for whatever reason? I'm sure that would be nice. But ultimately, I actually really like the idea of guys like Lee and guys like Paolo Lambchop and so many other different people and Astrid and that interacting with our videos. It's really cool to chat with people all around the world. I like the sense of unity that the podcast can bring. And I like the fact you can create a family outside of your original family and it's there for people in a difficult time. And the podcast will hopefully continue. You know, we had a very wobbly period and I thought maybe I might call it. Uh, episode 500 but it's looking very strong actually at the moment and i'd like that to continue so ultimately it'd be great to have new people on board tell your friends let them know there's free merch ultimately going and there's also plenty of shout outs if you send stuff in if you comment we give you a shout out we talk about you you deserve a platform too we're not above anyone here we love our fans and we appreciate anybody who checks in with us and ultimately we also like to think we tell it out it's, it's an honest podcast there is no fucking bullshit political agenda or no fucking leftist nonsense, no right-wing lunacy, nothing like that. We're just an honest podcast. If you don't like our opinion, you don't have to listen to it, but ultimately we appreciate it if you debate us on it in an adult-like manner. Um, also, you know, it is what it is, but ultimately we really pride ourselves on being honest and showing you our true colors at all times because that's really what things like this should be about but from myself erin x and from carl wilkinson thank you very much for joining me i am absolutely fucking knackered it's 20 past six in the morning so i and i've still got to edit all this stuff so yeah you should see me in about three hours time when i finally get encoding all this nonsense oh i'm gonna look like a corpse but i will be back to discuss wwe raw on the youtube channel carl wilkinson might be joining me depending on of course on his circumstances and um, but obviously we welcome him back with open arms and don't forget to check out our other content as well that 2020 year-end review uh that awards podcast that we did that's not going anywhere so check that out as well that's available on our channel and it would be lovely to have your thoughts and also let us know who you think were the best and worst wrestlers and the standouts from 2020 but from myself Aaron X, and from carl wilkinson thank you very much for joining us and we will catch you very soon for more content from the plug the plug of wrestle the wrestle plug <laughs>